Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So now that we see what the, the excuses are, what, how do we turn the hands of time, black couple walks in, same situation. No reservation. We're, no we're reservation. Full. We're full. We're, what we're, do we where do we put them? What do we do with them? What are we doing this time around? Yeah. We sit them. Where? In the middle of the dining room. That's what we do. So. That you is said you're full. full. I know. It doesn't matter. We'll make it work. What does that mean, brother? Hi, welcome to the Modern Waiter Podcast. I'm Marlon Joseph, the Modern Waiter, where we discuss all things restaurant business. Learn something. Laugh at something. (laughs) On today's episode, we are diving into the deep end of the pool called inclusion. And here to join us is friend of the show, Jason Raymond. But first, the intro. I'm tired of working dead beat jobs for lame pay. I'm tired of getting fired and hired the same day. If you know the rules of the game, then you'll stay. And if you don't, then you'll be a pawn while they play. I'm tired of working dead beat jobs for lame pay. As usual, I'm joined by my good friend Danny DeVillo. What's up, what's up, what's up, people? Jason, here we are. Hi. Not in studio. <laughs> I know, this is crazy. At your crib. Yes. Welcome to Mikasa. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And uh, we recorded, uh, we're in Atlanta for a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, doing the damn thing. Doing the damn thing. This is number two of three. Yeah. Hot Atlanta, not so hot. Not so hot. It's a little brisk out. But it's I got okay. sleeves on inside. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to this. Now, tell me about why you wanted to talk about this because the genesis of this show was the last time you were on at the tail end you mentioned to me something that was very important uh to you yeah so i i almost kind of glanced over it but uh i realized how important of a topic it is and i wanted to you know that's why i asked you guys if you wanted to do an entire show based on it because I feel like it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, one disclaimer, I know we're going to talk about it shortly, but that I'm not an expert on this topic. I am simply somebody that's going through the journey of inclusion personally on my own. Um, I have a lot of people that uh, are involved in our business for Seed Hospitality Group. This is something that is, has been thought about by Chef Doug Turbush, which is the, the owner of Seed Hospitality. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been pushing for it, but I had a I had a moment in time during right after we reopened for the pandemic where something happened, and to me, that was a personal jump off for me to to do better and learn better and learn more and be better. Now, important to learn what is inclusion. 
So there's so many different definitions, and I feel like the waters of this are a little bit muddied, unfortunately. I think some people are take advantage of the word inclusion. I think people are, when we were first searching for um, somebody to come out and kind of meet with us as a company and and talk to us about inclusion, some of these people wanted $10,000 to come out and talk and $15,000. And then some of these visits were virtual. Some of them were just like a video that they were gonna send us for $5,000. So I feel like a lot of people jumped on this train of inclusion and teaching it you know, um, I read a book called uh, How to Be an Inclusive Leader by Jennifer Brown. And again, I don't agree necessarily with 100% of the points that are in this book, but there are a lot of great points that she makes, and I feel like some of those are really important to talk about. Um, Do you have a ready-made example of, of, of what inclusion would be? We're, we're not going to go into how people use it for their benefit. It's almost like it can be somewhat corporate political you want to do the right thing and then it turns into something else like Mm -hmm. hey look at what we're doing and things like that all still important but driving in the same direction for those of you out there inclusion is it's going to take the idea and parse it out it's not necessarily we're talking about one one good way of looking at it is What's the difference between equality and equity? And few people really know the difference between equality and equity. So equality, if I'm remembering correctly, is everybody gets treated the same, mm-hmm. right? Now, equity has to take a, a few steps more, and that's where I think inclusion comes in. Equity has to look at where you, you are specifically, what your needs are and thoughts on, on a subject, where you come from, what your background is, and give you the things that you need to bring you up to that point. For instance, if you ran, uh, I'm going to run a Spartan race next month. Uh, no, month and a half. And at the end... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am crazy. But at the end, you get everyone gets a t-shirt. Yeah. Right? Everyone gets a t-shirt. After all that mud. That's, that's <laughs> equality. You know? If there's some people, maybe they only have one arm. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't wear t-shirts. Maybe they don't fit a large, medium, extra large because they're not going to have maybe an extra small or a kid size that they like to wear or a triple XL. Mm-hmm. So equity takes that into consideration and may go one step further when you buy your tickets what type of t-shirt sure, would you, you like? Yeah. Or maybe you don't like t-shirts. Would you prefer to have a metal or whatever? It just takes in an extra step. Mm-hmm. Maybe a crude example, but that's the only one I have. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's actually a great, um, there's a great picture, and it's actually two pictures because it shows two sides of this fence uh, on what equity versus equality is. On one side of the fence, it shows four sets of eyes that are looking over the fence equally. On the other side, it shows one is standing on a box, one is standing on somebody else's shoulders. But it's to me, that's the journey of how they got to that spot. Mm-hmm. That makes the difference. And really, inclusion to me, in my what I see and kind of gathered from all the information and my feeling is that it's how, how do you, like for, if, you, if you put it in terms of our workplace, 
How do you make somebody feel like they can be the, their authentic selves every day at work? Like they can walk through the door and they're like, they don't have to hide their religion. They don't have to hide anything about themselves. They can speak freely and it's okay. They're in a safe space. So to me, that's, that is what I like to think of inclusion because it simplifies it for, for me personally. Okay. Now we have different sexual preferences. We have different religions. We have different races. I mean, the easy one to say, you know, black, Hispanic, things like that. Now, when they're in the workplace or in society, let's just say, but in the workplace, because that's basically what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah. If I may expound on yours. In day-to-day life. Day-to-day life. Some people may feel in order to fit in or not be ridiculed or anything like that, they may straighten their hair if they're black or not really bring their ethnic food to work. They may dress differently. They may not celebrate certain holidays. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't really necessarily want to go into the hiring practices of some companies and things like that because that's kind of a larger thing. Yeah, that's a Um, a different restaurant podcast. And I think we, we, Hire. How does it, how does that work? How do we apply inclusion to to the restaurant specifically when it comes to hiring practices? Because a lot of it is practical. Uh, when we are servers or, or in the kitchen and things like that, there are certain people that just gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. What do you see, particularly? Well. Well, let's talk about why you wanted to even have this as a subject. Yeah, I mean, and two, you know, I have I have examples of inclusion in the restaurant that that maybe again, it's that's the whole point of the subject is it, it's so subjective in a lot of ways. It's it's difficult for some people to grasp. So as we're talking through this, if you're the person that is getting upset on the other end, which there may be people that get defensive and get upset at what we're talking about, then you're the problem. You know, and that's really, and I feel like that kind of ignorance, you know, we talk about intentions and that's not my intention to be that way, but in the end, uh, that's fine <laughs> that it wasn't your intentions, but, um, you have to learn from that and then uh, you have to be better. You have to, you can't do it again. You can't make the same mistake when you said this wasn't my intention, but I just did it again. You know, that's not acceptable, but the inclusion part. So here's a good example of inclusion in the restaurant. Um, I'll do it from the from the staff perspective. So this was a few years ago, and I'll never forget it. Um, and it's one of the, these are it, it's all these small things that started this journey for me, where it's really like it came to the forefront. We had um, one of the, we had an intern in the back, um, and and race doesn't matter, um, but that's not what this one's about. It's uh, we had our executive chef that turned to this girl when um, when they were an intern and just say and this executive chef is no longer with us anymore. And that's not the reason why, but it's just how it came up. So nonchalantly, but he turned to this girl and he's like, Oh, you have a husband at home. And she turned to him and she's like, no, I have a wife. And then it just got really silent. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's to me, inclusion, the, the, where it went wrong there is you are automatically assuming is because this is a woman that now she has a husband at home. So now she is your husband. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. But now the problem is now she's on the defensive. She's like, oh, what kind of, you know, what kind of place is this? Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, do I have to hide myself? And now I can't talk about my wife because they automatically assume I have a, 
I have a husband at home, you know, and it's like, we did not create a safe space and we had that one chance to do it. And it's not, you know, again, like the, the social environment is that, yes, you're okay, fine. You're a woman and chances are, you're probably going to have a husband at home. And, but we need to stop thinking that way. That's the whole problem. It's just assuming things. Okay. I, I understand assumptions are dangerous. It's, I'm not afraid of making that mistake because I'm willing to learn and I appreciate teachable moments. If we're going to pull back a little bit, what is important is diversity is the first thing. When you have diversity in the way that you think mm -hmm. and if you remain open, you're okay with saying, hey, I apologize. How did that land for you? going from there and then for the rest of my life let's just say i can then say oh do you have someone special at home or, or, or whatever another, the case yeah. may be and lesson learned i find it very challenging to do that ahead of time because nothing has come into my path to say otherwise to say otherwise and that's where i believe that we're all guilty but not everyone's gonna say everyone's saying well i have an open mind or i'm a I'm not a racist or I don't care about who has a, a, a wife at home that's a girl or whatever the case may be. One thing that we can do is stop our friends because we hear that all the time. We had uh, Raymond Bosch on the, on the show and we have a work environment where it's a lot of males and they throw around the F word as as to a words a gay person mm -hmm. very loosely not all the time and it's not everyone there there are one or two people that do it and whether he's there or not isn't the point you heard his voice Danny, yeah right it was very interesting to me to hear the pain and to i've heard it now i can kind of say hey man that's that's not cool that's not cool it's not and that's one way that and Kitchens in particular are evolving. It used to be a, a very uber masculine place. It used to be, and some places they, they, they can be still. I know our chef does a good job. And he basically, you can only speak in a certain tone. There's no swearing in our kitchens and things like that. And he doesn't tolerate that. And, and that is one thing. How, how does that land for you? Because I'm sure you've been in many, many kitchens. How, how, what, what are the cultures in the kitchen? Not at your place, but throughout your experience. Yeah, um, rough, you know, the, they have been rough. And that was one of the things, you know, that Chef Doug, when, when we started our own thing, he was like, it's not going to be that way in our kitchen. And even then, like, we have evolved a lot since then. I mean, we have an, we have a female executive chef now at, at Seed. Just having that dynamic, I mean, I learned from that every day, and we're all learning this together. Like, mm -hmm. every leader in our company had to read this book, and we all ended up really enjoying... The how to be an inclusive leader? How to be an inclusive okay. leader, yeah. We're all enjoying the process, and we talk about it, and we talk about it often. Um, you know, you were talking about the the hiring practices. Yeah, I mean... You know, I, as far as, as far as our company goes, we interview everybody. We don't look at names on, on, uh, applications and not take people in and interview, interview them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll interview anybody that walks through the door. 
so that's part of it. I think that's step one. And then, yeah, it's uh, the way I see the hiring journey too. And I have, I guess I have an interesting perspective on it, but if you take two people that are going to be some kind of a chef, and this has to do more with your background and your journey to where, how you've gotten to where you are, you have one person, doesn't matter race or color or anything. One person that's, you know, had it great, goes to an Ivy League school, goes to Cornell, goes to the best culinary school, has the best set of knives, and they've had everything handed to them. We have somebody else that's going for the same job who didn't, who had, you know, shitty knives growing up and didn't have, and started in a kitchen when they were 13 years old, never went to school for it, but they just have a natural ability. So when those two people are going head to head for the job, yeah, I mean, who gets it, you know? And I think that that's, that is part of the, like you have the, the movie, uh, trading, trading places. (laughs) Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. And I, so I think about that, like you're a product of your, of your environment, you know? Um, but I think throughout your entire life and your career, you have chances to break out of that and Mm -hmm. be something different, but, but you have, so you have those two chefs and then, yeah, I mean the person that's had the struggle to get where they are, I feel like, I feel like, that is to me, I would want to spend more time with that person grooming them and making sure that they, they have like a, you know, cause we do tastings for sous chef jobs and executive chef jobs. So I feel like if I was a chef and I had both of them, like I would probably go toward the, the person that didn't have it great and make sure I was kind of helping them along and see where you're at and, you know, maybe giving them more attention. And I think that's now, part of now, the inclusion. Now, is that good or bad? Now, that's that could be the. Do they want that attention? Okay, so here here's where I I shift my focus away from necessarily doing what you said. If in your in your example, when I'm learning about inclusion, inclusion, when I'm learning about inclusion, to me, it's about value. Yeah, you know, valuing diversity. Mm-hmm. If you value sameness, you just want to hire people who are like you and things like that, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on potentially flavor. the person yeah. who, yes, flavor in, in, in kitchen terms. Yeah. Because this person can contribute mm-hmm. in ways that you didn't even know. Exactly. That's how we expand. We don't know what we don't know. And they can bring different ingredients, different cooking methods, different people, uh, different clientele. And that contributes to your overall efficiency, your bottom line, your, your business. So for me, I would, in that hiring scenario, I would think who would get me the most value. And it doesn't matter how it comes. It really doesn't. So it's not, it's not wrong for an Ivy League person no. to be handed everything. It's, that's, that's perfectly fine. That's yeah. one way of doing it, but it's not the only way. Absolutely. There was right. a there was an anime about cooking. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And there was this young chef whose parents owned a um like a little cafe. Yeah. This kid comes in and he comes in, all these kids are like from Ivy League and they're all this is the most elite cooking school in all of Japan or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And he comes in with these ideas and he's like taking things and using cheap products and stuff like that, but making these amazing dishes with it. And they were all blown away by it. And just because of, and they were all looked down at him in the beginning of the show. And then you see the progression of it. And then they all just start to see how the natural leader and everything that he is from just from his natural talent. Yeah. I guess I'm just a fan of the underdog. I think we all are in the end. 
I like that. I like the journey. I like the journey. That's a struggle. Um, actually, I ride the Peloton, and one of the instructors says, "I've never met an interesting person that had it easy," and I and I thought that that was very. It's very true. There again is value for me. Yeah. Right. When when you have someone who has the discipline to go through hard times, who's going to perform better in pressure situations? Of course, we're really projecting into the future, mm-hmm. but that's how I see the value. If everything was just handed to you, it's quite possible that you have a low threshold for... Easy for you to implode. Yes, a <laughs> low threshold for, for adversity. Mm-hmm. And this is not the place for that. Yeah, I, I look at it even from the serving aspect of it. If you don't demonstrate the ability to adapt, mm-hmm. to persevere, to have, you don't necessarily have to have a thick skin, but there's a certain amount that it, you need. You need medium thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have some kind of you skin. You have to have, to have to, you can't have thin skin, yeah. that's for sure, yeah. because if you do, you're going to be, you, you have to insulate yourself. Absolutely. At, at some point, mm-hmm. because we are going to have people that aren't going to, aren't going to be happy with you. Oh yeah. And, and sometimes it might be your fault. And sometimes it's not your fault. What do you do? Yeah. You, you don't want to, Oh, not give a crap, but that's the whole point. How do you extract these things from people? And I, I see where you're going with, with the, the example you gave earlier. And once you're forged in that fire, you're going to do what it, what it takes to show up to work. You have people that are pretty uh, light in the, in, the, in the fortitude. So maybe they get a, a flat tire. Then they say, I'm not coming into work. Instead of saying, I'll be 20 minutes, minutes 30 minutes yeah. later, things like that. You want these people to show up. You want these people to be able to handle the crowd and not well, freak care out. In the end. You want them to care. You want them to perform. And, and, and you're, uh, we went to your, your place. Your place is now. We went to two of them. And I see how people respond to you. Not only your employees, but your guests as well. And it, it, it says a lot. It seems that you really care about your guests. You care about your, your employees and you put, take on that responsibility. So I see where you would take that responsibility to help someone in their journey. Whereas if not you, then who? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, and, and I do take it seriously as in I have to be the example at some point. You know, like Doug takes it very seriously because he is he is the guy and that's why he started this whole journey. And then I've learned a lot from him in taking this journey with him and that yeah. People have to people are going to look up to you. You are you are the reason why the culture is either good or bad. You know? So, and it's very vulnerable, this, call, this conversation. I feel like uh, I've learned a lot about leadership. I've learned a lot that, well, I've learned that, you know, being a great leader is being vulnerable and talking about these things is difficult. It's, this is something I should have said in the very beginning. But my inclusion journey started really, like, I guess it accelerated at a point where this is when you realize that you are not always right. And you can make mistakes, but you have to learn from them. And I did. But we, uh, right after the pandemic, we came back from the pandemic after being closed. We had a, I was in the office looking at the cameras like I always do at the beginning of a shift. It was like five o'clock. At that time, we were only using Stem Wine Bar, which is a connected part of Seed. 
as just general seating because it wasn't open yet. So over there, yeah, I mean, it's darker. There was nobody there yet, but it was a Friday. We were full and we didn't have any seats. And uh, we had this young black couple walk through the front door and I was watching them on camera as they were coming in. And I saw the hostess, you know, she was just trying to get them a seat. They didn't have a reservation. So she takes them over to our wine bar stem. It was dark over there. There's nobody in there yet. And I, I could see what was going to happen. And I saw it. And the fact that I could see that what was going to happen, I think that was the wake up call because I should have acted earlier, but I saw them sit down in their seats. Then I saw them get up and then I saw them walk out the door. And then in came a review on Yelp that called us out for it and said, you know, like they walked in and we sat them in a dark place by themselves and they felt like we were segregating them from the rest of the, the dining room. And there was a point in time where I thought to myself, yeah, obviously there are no intentions here to do anything like that, but that's not good enough. We took it very seriously. We had a long discussion with everybody in the restaurant and we really started, it wasn't just about us reading this book. It was about how we are going to affect change in the entire restaurant in our company. And that's really kind of where it all started for me, especially. So, all right, let's do some, uh, some role playing on that situation. And I want to take it on from both ends. There are some people that would rationalize it away and how would that conversation go? I want to defend it falsely. Okay. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. So I would say something like, well, you're right, uh, we were full. What were we going to do? Kick somebody out for for somebody? That doesn't happen. You didn't have a reservation. Uh, we, we, we did right by them. We, we sat them. Right. You know, we, we accommodated them. We could have not done that. I did that because it, it, that's it's good to see both sides of the coin. You get to see both sides of the coin and it's it's to be expected. And a part of con- inclusion really is, like you said, you have to know that you don't know everything and you have to be ready for all the excuses that people have because we, we want to be good people. Mm-hmm. We want to know that we have good intentions. So someone would say, oh, I didn't mean anything by that. We, we sat them. They wanted a table. We sat them. 
and we weren't open, you know, we did them a favor and things like that. There's all kinds of things that you're going to you're going to encounter for people to say that, oh, it's OK. It's OK. This is the way I am. This is the way I've always been. No one's saying that you're a bad person. We're just saying it's time to do something a little bit different and understand how someone would feel. We are in the hospitality business. Right. So let's fix it. We can't fix something that we can't that we don't know or acknowledge as change-worthy behavior. So now that we see what the, the excuses are, how do we turn the hands of time, black couple walks in, same situation. No reservation. We're, no we're reservation. Full. We're full. Where, what where, do we where do we put them? What do we do with them? What are we doing this time around? Yeah. We sit them. Where? In the middle of the dining room. That's what we do. So. That you is said you're full. full. I know. It doesn't matter. We'll make it work. What does that mean, brother? Okay, let's say you have 25 tables, right? Right. You have 25 tables, and 25 tables are sat in this moment. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, because we, we, yeah. we went to breakfast this morning, we had to wait. I mean, everybody waits. I mean, when you're full, you wait. Yeah, so is that a part of the solution? Do you, do you just say, hey, you know, uh, we'll put you on the wait, or what is it that, how are you fixing it? You're saying you sit them in a dining room, but there are no tables at that moment. Yeah, so it's a, in the end, it's about communication. Yeah, that's and, what and I, you're amazing right. about communicating. Yeah, I, right. I, just from the short time you've been here, I, I overhear you talking to people and you communicate very well. Yeah, that's why when you were like, we would see them, we were like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, because, <laughs> well, yes, no. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, that is what we had the, we had a whole post hostess meeting and that's mm-hmm. what we let them know about communication and how to deal with these kind of situations that come up and it's difficult, but you got to communicate, make everybody feel, it's tricky. I... Because I want to just accommodate and I want to just be able to say yes. So here's the challenge. The challenge is when you walk in at five o'clock, there are no tables set, but there are no tables available. So, so you did not say that. Okay. So now that makes sense. So now, yes. now, now we're talking. So if the restaurant's empty, they got there at five o'clock. Okay. Now, but you have reservations on the book. So that's a whole different. That's, so you walk in, you're like, oh, okay. there's, no, there's plenty of seats in that. That feels different. That feels totally different. Right. Than, than walking into a full restaurant. And seeing, hey, there's no I'd be mad pissed because yeah. taking the time to say, okay, there are no tables available. And that happens if you're not open yeah, and you're opening and people say, oh, there's a table right there. Why can't I sit there? Totally understand. In that situation, you do see them and then you make it work. Now I see where where you're coming from making it work because you can make it work. There are going to be some people that are going to be 10 minutes late, late 15 yeah, minutes absolutely. late, uh, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be able to talk to someone who does come and say, hey, I'm going to buy you an appetizer. If you want to sit at the bar, your table will be ready. That's making it work. Right. Well, to me, that's the inclusion part. And that's, that's what I was getting at earlier is that now I'm just going to work a little harder to make sure that I can do the Ruby's Cube with the dining room, shift some stuff around because I want to seat them and I do not yeah, want Yeah, I'm just mad at you so. because you didn't appropriately uh paint the scene <laughs> well, well I, I again this is the assuming problem because i assume that because i said it was five o'clock and we just opened that the dining room was not automatically full from second one so i could have asked better questions instead of assuming that the dining room was full and it takes a, a, a person to just sit back and say oh what do you mean by that investigating things because we're not always on the right track yeah. because right is a destination and it's final. Mm-hmm. We're not always on the right track and we just 
as long as we're moving in the, in the right direction, direction. Yeah. You're going the right so way. here's the, the learning moment is, yeah, I mean, it's a combination of communicating better at that moment mm-hmm. when they walk in and just understanding that now I have like 10 options in my head of what I can do to make it work instead of just automatically saying, you know, the dining room is full, but we're going to take it next door. All those other things that I can do to make it work. We have a 10% cancellation rate. So I could just hedge a bet that somebody's going to cancel and it's going to be okay. And like you said, moving things around, buying apps, we're going to hold off, buy you a drink at the bar. It's putting in that extra effort now to make sure that everybody in the dining room feels that hospitable, you know, that's what we provide for people. And in the end, it's more money for you to have diversity. Absolutely. Whether it's the value from your, your, uh, your employees, the value that they can bring you, the richness, the depth, the experiences that they can give the guests. And, and then you throw on top of that all the, the money that you're going to make from people feeling comfortable. Whether yes. it's, and it doesn't even have to be race. It doesn't. We talked about protecting women yeah. to feel comfortable in the space. You have, a, you have an obligation to not have, be a place where guys are going to roll up. And, and I think the difference is this. If, if you're sitting next to someone and you spark a conversation, but if you were walking around the bar, mm-hmm. and then you're hopping from line to line. And, and then you got moved on and you go to the next one. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, who they, is this guy? What are yeah, you doing? Buddy, what are you or, doing? Or who is this I person? think a little background might be necessary for this also. <laughs> but just, you know, we, when we were talking about this, we were talking about during lunch, it's probably 90% women in the dining room. Dinner time, you know, it could be anywhere from 70 to 80%, generally speaking, it's a lot of mm-hmm. women. So that's what we were talking about is they feel safe and that's why they come to our restaurant. They can sit at the bar and they, they don't have to be hit on like it's, you know, some club downtown or something oh, where it's like, you know, getting harassed. But and we we're very good at protecting. Yeah. You might feel a little triggered, but we were just talking in general and not your place or. No, 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 no. Triggered. I start throwing stuff around. Come on, man. I need to start poking people. No. Believe me. Microaggression. <laughs> and then I walk away. No. And then come in with the trigger. I rarely get triggered, and if I do, you, everybody around me knows it. So, I'm not triggered, my friend. I, 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 you strike me as a person that, that, that can't hide their face. I can't. That's why you're going to know it. <laughs> I, am, I am not triggered. But I felt like the background was necessary a little bit. No, it is. No, 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 yeah. no, we're not. Yeah, absolutely. We agree. Now, how I do think you you're triggered. <laughs> think about that. I, I get triggered often. A reverse trigger. <laughs> I got my defenses up. <laughs> you're too close to me for that. <laughs> I feel like I'm whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Oh, my gosh. We're not going to go there. <laughs> now, let's, let's leave on this note. How do we have people of all interests, backgrounds, mm-hmm. feel comfortable in the restaurant? This is a good uh, kind of segue into the book itself. Um, again, How to Be an Ex- Inclusive Leader by Jennifer Brown. There's four stages of inclusion. So, Talk to me. Yeah, so it goes unaware, aware, active, and advocate. So if you're gonna get if you're gonna get better at inclusion or just learn, you have to somehow go in first of all, 
realize where you are in the awareness level that mm-hmm. you are unaware that you are starting at unaware and most people are unaware i mean a high percentage of people are unaware and how do you get yourself from the unaware stage to the aware stage mm-hmm. and the first thing is as a as a company you have to switch that culture switch to teach that to people and you have to it's got to be talked about and it's got to be something and then you have to hire people that are genuinely good people that are willing to learn these things and mm-hmm. willing to be better people now is that the active stage that no. you're doing that that's the unaware stage see for me it's just it's such a humbling topic i mean i still feel like i am in the unaware stage and i'm like a year and a half into this i'm like it is it's humbling so how do you how do you call yourself you know, an activist or an advocate at some point. I feel like, you know, maybe Jennifer Brown is who wrote the book. Like that is a level. Brene Brown is another one. Um, she gives plenty of talks on inclusion. You know, I mean, she's been on TV forever and mm-hmm. she's like Oprah's personal life coach. Um, so yeah, so that may be the advocate stage, but, but taking people that are unaware again, like that maybe do not have, they don't have bad intentions of what they're doing, but, they're still not doing enough. And I feel like you, as a company, you, you should be teaching people this and not just like, you know, and she talks about it in the book, it's not just hiring quotas about ethnicity and race and religion and how many people we need to have across the board. It's, you know, doing the extra steps and taking the time to, to spend with people that, to make them feel included. Now, if, you're, if you have spent time and resources and teaching, you're not in the unaware. I think you're being hard on yourself. So don't be that hard yeah, on you yourself. Just exactly, like you said you went through, you sat down, you read this book. Yeah. You actively made yourself aware of what was going on. So now, yeah. and there's always gonna be instances where you are unaware, but like we said in the very beginning of the show is, as long as it's a teaching point for yourself, because that's all you're gonna have in life are teaching points. You yeah. know, and if you can grow from each teaching point, you will always be a better person. Because no matter who wrote what book, I promise you they're unaware of certain things yes. and that they are going through their own teaching points. And that is just life as a whole. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bored with the race thing. Yeah. Because I need to learn more about what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, it, what I can do when someone doesn't feel right in the body that they're in. Or they may feel a little odd. Am I going to bring my partner to the party or whatever? Mm -hmm. I may have said a comment or so. And I promise you that I really have no intention to hurt anyone. So learning, making a mistake should not be the final thing. No. That should be the beginning. Beginning, absolutely. And if you make it the final thing where you persecute me for not knowing or this or that or saying something, you lost your opportunity to teach me that I can teach other people. Absolutely. To bring me from unaware to aware to active to To advocate. advocate. And so will I ever become an advocate? Maybe I will see someone who needs that opportunity with the dull knives, with the, uh, without the, um, the, the, the proper training, let's just say, and maybe it's going to make me work a little harder to bring them along, bring them up to speed and then see what they can do. Right. So don't be so hard on yourself, but you even are, have been active because I didn't know about inclusion. I read an article and listened to part of a book because of this. I know really 
about the value that it, it can bring to business and other people and looking them in the eye in a way that they can feel that I, at the very least, I'm not a person who's going to overlook who they are. I don't really want to jump over hoops for anybody. Yeah. Forget that. But I, I want to make you feel comfortable in your skin. That's, that's my job. And with that, I think we have an amazing show that people are going to listen to right now. Yeah. I think so too. Well, I mean, yeah. The thing for me though, as far as being a teacher goes, I, I don't see myself as a teacher. I see somebody that, that has conversations that sparks other conversations. And I think it's just bringing it into people's, into their universe. But I don't, I just don't think that makes me a teacher yet. I mean, I brought it to your attention, but you did the work. So that's the difference. So I see that you just sell yourself short on certain things. <laughs> it doesn't I, matter what you see yourself as. You know what I mean? I could see myself as a. He's triggered. Uh, 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 <laughs> he's triggered over <laughs> over me being humble. He loves you, man. He loves you, man. I'm getting a hotel. I love, you, <laughs> I love you guys. I really do. I am getting the smallest <laughs> Uber. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be on each other's lap tonight. Yeah, I am okay? not dealing with that again. again. <laughs> You're sleeping in the backyard tonight. <laughs> no problem. Just give me the dog for warmth. Thank you so much for listening. I know it maybe felt like an awkward show, but this subject can be very humbling. Yeah. And I wasn't sure it where it was gonna go, but. If at all there's something that I can learn, reach out to me at themodernwaiter at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at the Modern Waiter Podcast. Now, if you enjoy our show, one perfect way that you can support our show is to visit our Patreon. Now, we are populating it each and every time. We have behind the scenes and things like that, little clips that you might want to see what our process is. Uh, I do time lapses of when I'm editing, doing the final edits on the show and things like that. Just fun little behind the scenes is is how, how we can kind of have you see. Making you part of our about. world. Making you a part of our world. And it goes a long way because we are in Atlanta. We are traveling. We meet people. Yeah. And we're constantly bringing a diverse group of people to talk to and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Jason, for everything. You've really shown us a good time. And I uh, look forward to going to uh, to Drift tonight. tonight. Yeah. We're going to do ready. that. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marlon Joseph, the modern waiter. I'm Danny Little. Subscribe, 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 people. We'll see you next time. Later. I believe in everything.